Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, last week we had a gospel lesson that was part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and it was, uh, it was really the Beatitudes. Well, today's message won't be focused on those Beatitudes. It'll be more like your do-attitudes, faith and works together. Today, we'll be focusing in on our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah and uh, the message that we have that's kind of prompted by verse 5 of that text is, what is a day acceptable to the Lord? You know, up to the time that I was six years old, I attended a Christ uh, Lutheran church in Bertrand, Michigan. And one of my memories, which really, I have very few memories, you know, of those younger years, but one of my memories is attending church and Sunday school. I remember the adults, they would have their Bible study in the church, and then we would go across, all the kids would go across the street there uh, for our Sunday school. Unfortunately, if I think back, there aren't, I don't have all that many memories of, of teachers or lessons, but I do remember clearly a pin that you would receive for perfect attendance over a designated period of time. Maybe it was a certain, you know, unit that you covered, you know, in Sunday school. Or maybe they were set, I forgot, you know, how many weeks, you know, and then they would give you an award. It was this, uh, I don't know if you guys have any experience with this, but it was like a gold uh, pin. And it was about the size of a penny. And uh, there was some stamp on it, which I don't remember exactly. I could have been, you know, Luther's Rose or some other stamp. Uh, and it had a number in the bottom of it. How many people remember that pin? Anybody else know that, about that pin? Okay, good. See, it sticks in your mind, right? So, and that number would always be how many times you got perfect attendance. Now, this was really one of the first awards I ever remember receiving. And it was really basically because of my parents' faithful attendance and, their, and my general good health. But I, can, I, I cherished winning that pen or getting that, you know, that reward for my attendance. Now I will have to say, though, my faithful attendance at church and Sunday school didn't always just transfer to good behavior uh, because there were other times I do remember that after I got home from church and Sunday school, I faced a little discipline, uh, you could say. But even though maybe I wasn't just, you know, locked into everything that was happening, you know, I, I still always wanted to go to church. You didn't have to, like, twist my arm. I always wanted to go to church and Sunday school. Maybe not so much for the lessons, but I did want to keep up my perfect attendance so I could be recognized for my achievement and awarded, you know, another number on my pin, you know, one to two to three, you know, like, hey, I have perfect attendance four times. What do you have on your pen, you know? So that's what I really kind of drew me to keep on going uh, to Sunday school and church. So you could say that I did do what God would like me to do, attend worship, get into lessons about Jesus, but I did it for the wrong reason. Well, the situation that Isaiah is addressing today in our Old Testament lesson is similar. Outwardly, the Israelites were doing all the right things, but for the wrong reason. 
We see in our text that they were fasting. They were fulfilling all the religious requirements as as expected by God. But they weren't getting his recognition. They weren't getting his approval. And in their self-serving expectation of reward, they questioned God. What I'd like to do is look at our text for today. So if you can have that as a reference, uh, the Old Testament text from Isaiah. And I'd like to start looking at at verse 3. In verse 3, right at the beginning, Isaiah records the people's frustration. Listen to these words. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? The Israelites were confused. They thought they were doing everything that God expected. No fasting, following all the religious requirements. And now they questioned God. Why had he not come near? Why had he not acknowledged their good works? They thought that they deserved recognition. They thought they deserved reward. It was like me attending Sunday school. They wanted their perfect attendance award for just showing up. What we see is that their fasting in God's eyes was meaningless, if not sinful. The reason why God is not impressed is because their religious activity, like fasting, was self-serving. Look at the second part of verse 3 and also into verse 4. Isaiah says, Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress your workers. Behold, You fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. The people outwardly looked deeply religious, seeking God, delighting as they said in his ways, trying to draw near to God. But their behavior shows a severe disconnect between religious discipline and what they are to be learning in their fasting and their actions. The bottom line is they fasted, they checked off all those religious requirements, but they missed God's purpose and desire for them in their fasting, to be humbled in the reality of their sin, to rejoice in God's mercy and his his forgiveness, then turn from their wicked ways to live the lives that are acceptable to the Lord. So there it is. That's the question that we're dealing with today today. In response to God's mercy and grace, what is his desire for our lives? What is a day acceptable to the Lord? Well, first, I want to start with the fact that we on our own are not capable of living days acceptable to the Lord. It is only in the Lord, through the work of the Holy Spirit, only in faith that we can live lives acceptable to him. And secondly, Our actions, no matter how good they look, you know, in worldly terms or even compared to God's expectations, can never never make us acceptable in God's sight. Our works are not tied to somehow gaining God's approval for the sake of salvation. No matter what we do, we are still sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. A day acceptable to the Lord begins and happens only through what God has done for us. It comes as our response from taking to heart the message and the meaning of the gospel. 
I would like to look at verse 6 in our text today, but as I read it, I want you to think of it as God speaking in our behalf. Let's follow along. I'll just start off with, God says, Is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? You know, when I think of those words, I can see that that is what God has done for me and what he's done for you. His fast, his sacrifice is that he chose to send his son down to this world to loose those bonds that held us captive forever. The straps that Satan wrapped around us in our sin. God lifted that yoke that was around our necks that was holding us captive and he put it on his very own son, hanging him on a cross. Jesus suffered the fate of the oppressed. That's us, you and I. We are the oppressed. But Jesus suffered our fate so that we now are free. Everything that once separated us from our loving God has been removed. Every barrier that shielded us from his glory now has been knocked down. The fast that God chose in his love for us is now realized in his forgiveness and his, that we have and the life eternal that he has won for us on that cross. Our acceptance comes in the person and the work of Jesus and it's only then in Christ that we can live lives that are acceptable to him. What is a day acceptable to the Lord? Let's look at verse 7. It reads in verse 7, It is not to share your bread, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? There we see a day acceptable to the Lord is to break that yoke of injustice and to undo the cords that bind others, to feed the hungry, to shelter the homeless, to clothe the naked. Or as Micah says in chapter 6 of his book, it is to do justice, it is to love kindness, it is to walk humbly with our God. It is to take the focus off of ourselves and put it on others. It is to break down those barriers of hatred and prejudice to restore and build loving relationships. The Israelites were God's chosen people. They were to represent and resemble God in this world, to be images of God for others to see. And as imperfect as we are, we are also to do the same. A day acceptable to the Lord is to reflect God's love for us in and through our lives. It is to be God's hands and feet in this world for the sake of the gospel that others would also know Christ through us. As I was going through one of my devotions this week that I, that I go through as part of my week, I found a story that I like to share. It said, A few years ago, a group of chaplains went to a regional convention in Chicago. They had assured their wives that they would all be home by Friday for dinner. But they were running a little late, so they were rushing through the airport toward the gate. Tickets in hand, you know, their carry-ons ready to, you know, get on that airplane. 
Well, one of the chaplains, as, he was, as they were running uh, through the, uh, the, the terminal, knocked over a table holding a display of apples. And those apples just flew everywhere. Without stopping or looking back, the chaplains all managed to reach their flight in time, except for one. He paused and he took a deep breath and got a touch got in touch with this meaning of why does he have this chill kind of running up his spine and that little ache in his gut. And he recognized compassion for the girl whose apple stand he had, they had overturned. He told his buddies to go on without him, and he then called his wife and said he'd be catching a later flight. And then he returned to where, he had, where the, the table had been upset, only to find that the apples were still all over the terminal floor. He was glad he did. The 16-year-old girl who was selling the apples was totally blind, and she was there crying softly. Tears were running down her cheeks in frustration as she was helplessly trying to, you know, grope around on the floor to gather those apples back up again. Well, the chaplain knelt down on the floor beside her and gathered, helped her gather up all those apples and started putting them back on the table and getting them all set up again. He noticed that a lot of them were really all bruised and they wouldn't be able to, she wouldn't be able to sell those. She kind of, he put those over to the side. But when he was done, he pulled out his wallet and he said to the girl, my friends and I, were sorry that this happened. We're sorry we tipped over your apples. Here, please take $50. Maybe it'll help pay for some of the damage that happened. And then he asked, are you okay? And she nodded through her tears. And then he continued somewhat awkwardly. He says, I hope, I hope we didn't spoil your day too badly. Well, as he turned and began to walk away, the bewildered girl cried out to him, Mister, Mister, are you Jesus? And he stopped in mid-stride and he wondered about what she had just said. Then slowly he made his way to catch the flight back home. But as he did, he questioned, that question just kind of stuck in his mind. Are you Jesus? Do people take us for Jesus? That's hardly possible. I know that. It's hardly possible that that would happen. But there's only, there is only one Jesus. We know we fall short of his compassion and love. But even so, by faith, we are called to be so much like Jesus that people would recognize him in us as imperfect as we are. And as we live and interact, and interact with the world to, to bring that love of Christ to, to others, that they would know the abundant life that, that Jesus offers. Well, Isaiah reminds us today, a day acceptable to the Lord is one of loving others as God has loved us for the sake of the gospel. Good works do not save. You know, you can't work, you know, work, uh, work toward those attendance pins or something like I was trying to do at Sunday school. They don't save, but God blesses others through them. And also we are blessed. Look at verses 8 and 9 and as, as Isaiah concludes our text. I think this is a great uh, words about what God would like us to do. Then shall your light break, break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. I just pray that God continue to use us as that, that light that shines forth like the dawn. 
that we can bring healing speedily to those that are in need, that God's righteousness can be seen in and through us. And we're so blessed because as we do, we know we don't go alone. The glory of the Lord is our rear guard. God will be with us. And we know then that we will be blessed as we become a blessing for others. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen.